when you see someone on video, it's even though we're so used to seeing people on screens now in video, there's still a certain element of, you could call it novelty or, um, you know, like when you see someone on stage talking, they become like a, a micro celebrity for a split for a moment. You know, mm. at the end of someone does a TED talk, even if they're not famous and whatnot, everybody in that audience then kind of wants to ask a question or wants a little piece in it. And it's the same with video. You see someone on video doing something on video, then even, even though it's we're so used to it, we, there's still something inside you that sort of that, that naturally holds that person on just a tiny bit higher regard. Obviously, like, obviously, in, <laughs> as long as they're doing something respectful on video, <laughs> not everybody on video. <laughs> um, but you know, there's still that feeling of like that person's then a micro celebrity just for a moment. Um, and so I don't know if you had ever had this when you've only ever met someone on video and you've seen them a few times, mm. you've watched YouTube or whatever, and then you meet them in real life and you, you feel like you know them. I'm Chris O'Hare, your quick win CEO. And as a CEO, I've run businesses, founded startups, consult for others, and even won awards. But in this show, We'll be talking to entrepreneurs and experts to help you understand the key concepts for your business, along with three quick wins that you could take away and apply to your business today. And every week, we'll be finding out about the entrepreneur themselves and diving into a different but important topic. And have you ever wondered how you can grow your LinkedIn network? Or have you thought about creating your own videos? Or what about combining both of those? That's exactly what we'll be talking about in this episode and why you should focus on the LinkedIn platform. Our guest this week, Kim Slade, founder of Touch Video Academy, an expert of simplifying video creation to help everyone become a content creator. And as a testament to this, I've also been a student on Kim's beginner to creator course, learning how to use my iPhone to create professional looking videos. And in fact, this is where I started my content creation journey. And if that's not enough, Kim's clients include a few notable brands such as the National Trust and Apple Store. This is a topic I think will be very popular. So here we go, Kim Slade. Thanks for coming on this show, Kim. Firstly, tell me the last thing that you watched that left an impression. It could be a Netflix series or a book you read, a quote you heard. It could be anything. Um... Well, mate, it was actually a it was actually a podcast, and it was um, the Diary of a CEO. So not quick when CEO, but Diary of CEO was uh, Steve Bartlett, and it was a guest. Um, his name was uh, Christian Angermeyer, or Angermeyer, and basically he was uh, he's a he's an investor, a biotech investor from he's a European guy, a really interesting guy, and he just has this like ruthless positivity to life where he basically anything that happens to him he will he, he's trained himself and he works really hard to well he, he he generally believes that everything that's happening to him is happening to him for a good reason and so it's his job to find that good reason so i just thought it was a really interesting sort of idea he's a guy who's never never taken any drugs or any alcohol smoked a cigarette in all of his life and then at the age of around 40 he took magic mushrooms and and he's now one of the biggest um, psychedelics uh, investors in the world, just like in research to try and um, use psychedelics to uh, aid mental health. So yeah, it's just a really interesting guy. And just and since I listened to that, I've been you know a few things have happened that have like stressed me out a little bit, and I've gone no no, 
what's the positivity what, why is this mm. happening for a good reason and uh and yeah so yeah that's that it made a good impression on me recently I like that because um, it's almost like the five whys analysis. I don't know if you've heard this, but like in, in lean and in lean manufacturing, there's a, there's a thing that you go back um, five times. You ask five questions back and you've probably heard of it. And I, I, I almost try and always do that if something goes wrong and I'm like, what is the best um, outcome from this? And I, I come back to the five whys. Why am I getting out of bed late? And then I'll go back you know, well, it's because I'm, I'm working late, because I've got distractions, because I'm stressed. And it always, always goes back to a point earlier, which has had this knock on effect. But there's a quick, yeah, 100%. And uh, the, the, the thing about that guy, he sounds like when was the, he sounds insane for a start, like to, to kind of have this epiphany by the sound of it. And then go on to become very successful when it comes to psychedelics. Um, I won't. I won't ask if you've taken psychedelics because this is recorded. Uh, but um, uh, ask away, mate. I'm. 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 I'm a very open person. I'll tell you anything uh, you want me. <laughs> well, th- then you're going to have to tell us. You're going to have to tell us. Is this something well, you've I'll done? Be, I'm going to be giving away all my secrets later on in this episode. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully they'll they'll see that those secrets and and go. You know what? This is a guy we need for us. So uh, hopefully it's not 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 too many secrets. But yeah. So are you a fan of psychedelics? Um. I mean. There's a, there's a scale, right? Uh, I can't remember the name of the scale, but there's a scale of, of, of all drugs in the world. So drugs being alcohol, caffeine, everything. Um, and there's a, it's like a harm scale and it's two, based on two different things. And it's harm to yourself, like the potential harm to yourself and the potential harm to others. So there's this whole scale of every single substance drug known to man. And it's been like scientifically rigorously tested and, and using lots of different statistics from, from addiction to everything to basically see what the harm is. And right at the top is alcohol, number one, most harmful followed by um, heroin, and then goes down from there. And then right at the bottom is magic mushrooms. And actually it's like a negative harm. So it's, it's actually a positive. So there's actually, you know, through all these studies, it's actually proven to be more of a positive than, than a negative overall. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I'm not, uh, I haven't got any just to tuck behind me on, on the laptop. <laughs> um, but I certainly, but I, I, I have tried psychedelics and I've, I think that, um, it hasn't really given me such a profound thing, but it, it, it's definitely enjoyable and it didn't really feel, I didn't really feel guilty about it because, um, yeah, it's a natural thing and, and it, you know, it's proven not to really be harmful. So I wouldn't be too, too too shy Dismissive. about people that have tried it but yeah okay I'm, I, wouldn't so, say I'm an avid, I wouldn't say I'm a drug fan <laughs> well there's there's definitely a lot of startups now coming out to say that there's massive me- mental health benefits especially around PTSD which so so you know what's your space you never know what what becomes legal in a medical sense so that that could be very interesting but I'd love to know when his success was was it before the psychedelic trip or was it after the psychedelic trip that he had in his 40s do you know um i would say his success was totally before he's been an entrepreneur since he was like a young young person um but he was he was really successful entrepreneur and investor before that um but he just happened to for a series of events again he said like things happened to him for for a positive reason and um yeah for a series of events he ended up ended up trying magic mushrooms and 
and then realizing that actually this this is huge and this could be potentially massively beneficial for so many people so he's investing in a lot of the research to get some of the um the components of it approved as a Mm. as a supplement as a drug that can help people with mental health problems right that's that sounds like very similar to to what i've probably read so i'm definitely going to listen to that episode so in your own words give me an 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 understanding of what it is that you do and what your business does so um i help i help business leaders and businesses to um, like amplify amplify their impact by teaching them how to be comfortable and confident on camera and also how to make pro video on just their phones and i do that for either like business leaders ceos or um or as well as like marketing teams communications teams for all sorts of applications but it's mainly mainly what i do is is teach people how to be confident themselves on camera and how to make quality video content with just their phones right okay and and obviously we're going to be talking about linkedin as well today so you've become um a little bit of a linkedin expert in the process yeah so i mean i i focus my my work on linkedin because a lot of my clients that's where they're going to find the most benefit in using video um so over the last um a year or so a bit longer than that i've really got deep into dove deep into linkedin and the ins and outs of of linkedin video and just linkedin in general and been really interested in where the platform's been and where it's going and so i've been teaching people how to maximize you know the, the current opportunity that's in linkedin and i think that in the combination of linkedin as a platform and the potential that it has in combination with video as a form of content um, it's just a killer combination and it's just working for a lot of people very, very well. Okay. Well, we'll dive more into that in a second, but let's, let's understand what your core motivation is and what drives you as an entrepreneur. That, so I always like to say, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Because it's that, it's that thing that even when you don't want to get out of bed, you still get out of bed because of this thing. What is that thing? That thing really is the people like i mean you've experienced it yourself you were on one of my courses yourself um i was just you know we were just, just complimenting you on your lighting earlier on <laughs> um it's it's the people right it's and it's specifically it's seeing people gain confidence because i really believe that confidence is 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 one of the the biggest the biggest things that people lack that is holding them back it's just the confidence not the confidence because they're really good at something, but the confidence just to try without necessarily worrying about whether it's going wrong and realizing that, um, you know, just to just to try as part of the process. So seeing people go from, you know, technophobe or completely camera shy um, to being able to just talk on camera like they're speaking to a friend is you know massively gets a massive satisfaction for me. And it's not just because oh now they can make videos, but it's because it makes a big difference in people's life. If you're confident, it spreads out across the rest of people's lives. And um, one of the other things I do is create adventures. And um, that's because I've seen the effect it has on people when they think that they can't achieve something, like they can't get to the top of a mountain or they can't um, you know, get in a boat and go down a certain river or something like that. When they do, the, 
the feeling of the light that comes out of people is just is amazing and when you when i feel like that i've given that to people it's yeah that's that's really what what sort of pushes me forward really have you planned another adventure after lockdown i've got to know this um i've got so many adventures planned but you know planned is a scale right <laughs> planned <laughs> is like planned to got my tickets i'm going back to back right. um but yes i've got so many things planned with with the with the adventures but it's it's kind of a little bit on hold at the moment because i mean um a lot of the stuff i've got planned is a little bit elaborate and requires being in far-fetched lands so at the moment that's all a little bit on hold but i am planning some stuff in scotland and, and things like that but again it's, it's the same driver when i when i do that stuff it's like i used to be I used to be that annoying guy out of my mates who would, who people would think just wasn't content or wasn't grateful and just would be like trying to drag everyone to the front of the gig or whatever, or, you know, want to get up earlier to make sure we get up for sunrise or, you know, just really trying to push people. And um, that would kind of got a bit annoying. I was kind of a bit of an <laughs> annoying friend to have. It was supposed to make you do stuff you didn't want to do. But then as I, as I got a bit older and I realized actually a lot of people need that push and they're kind of wanting to do it inside but they just need to kick up the ass or someone to just give them permission or tell them and so i realized that 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 thing that was annoying about me could actually be mm. a really positive thing and so it feels like you know something i can contribute to other people's lives and hopefully help them get more confident so it sounds like you um you love experiences so the experience side of things is is a, a big driver for you but also you like to share in those experiences and help other people have that experience. Does this sound correct? Definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, very, very lucky in life to have, um, have had some amazing experiences and because of my attitude towards doing things and the way I tend to places, I tend to find myself because it's just, I just don't mind asking for help, asking questions, being cheeky, you know, bit of a blagger I suppose you could you could say in certain situations um I just had I just had a lot of fun experiences and really really rich peak experiences and then once you once you sort of cups full with that kind of thing you want to you want to it's much more fun when you share it with other people and especially if those people weren't going to do it in the first place um then you help them to do it and there's been a few occasions in my life where that's happened like for example friend of mine she, she was she came we were in the philippines she came traveling she was like terrified of the water you know we're in this beautiful tropical place terrified of the water so i literally spent like days and days and days with her just gradually taking tiny little baby steps with her to be able to get in the water to be able to go up to her waist up to her chest put her head under all that stuff and then by the end of a, a couple of days being together she was she was booking on a diving trip with me so and absolutely loving it so you know that and her, her mum actually come up to me in the street um when we got back it was a few months later and she put her arms around me and she said thank you so so much what you did for her because it's literally that has had a knock-on effect and she's now feels like she's capable of doing anything and she now lives she's now um just had a baby with one of my best friends and they live in australia having a great time <laughs> so yeah you know that really brings me a lot of joy so it's that sharing of sharing of that stuff with other people that makes a big difference for me i'm gonna to have to go on your one of your adventures let me know when you do a hot one because I, I love hot weather so uh... 
I think everyone in Britain is a craving a hot holiday. So uh, it's not bad today, actually. It's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty warm. I think yesterday was a, a lot warmer. I went out in it, definitely. Um, okay, so let's focus on this topic that you are so much of an expert. Um, so let's understand LinkedIn as, as a social media platform and why LinkedIn? Why do we? Why? Why are you focusing on that? Well. LinkedIn's a bit unique in terms of um, like the organic reach on LinkedIn is like really, really big. Uh, you know, it's, it's capable, you're capable of quite easily getting, you know, as many views as you have connections pretty quickly. Um, something like Facebook used to be like that back in the days when the pages first started. And that's what I used to do, by the way, I used to do social media consultancy and for a long time. And I just saw that you know, Facebook just dipped from, it became really, you're only really going to do well there with, with ads. Um, and LinkedIn's that kind of Facebook 2.0 where you are able to get organic reach. And, you know, like if you, if you comment on one of my posts, then your network sees, some of your network will see that you've commented on my post. So someone can be, can be completely unconnected and still see my content. But something like Instagram or, or uh, Facebook, you can, you know, that's still possible if people share it, but it, but really it doesn't get the same organic reach. Um, and it's also LinkedIn is still, even though it's had a massive boom this year, it's still really content deficient, meaning there are, I can't remember the exact numbers now, but it's around 2% of people of users, registered users on LinkedIn, only around 2% actually create original content for the platform. Whereas if you think of like, Facebook, most people used to post it or everyone's kind of posting on Facebook or Instagram. Um, whereas with LinkedIn, there's a big, there's a lot of people looking to consume content and not that many people making content. So there's a big potential there. Um, so and that also someone, someone said uh, 100,000 content creators. I've got that number stuck in my head. There's 100,000 original LinkedIn content creators. Do you agree with that? Yeah, or? I mean, um, I think it's a bit, I think I've, I was thinking it was more around like there's about 18, I think it was something like 80 million users and only 1 million content creators. Yeah. But then, you know, again, it's a scale. Like mm. you can call original content like a, a post that you've written or, or video. But I know that um, with video, certainly there's a lot less people creating. It might feel like a lot of people are creating content now on video and you might see a lot of videos, but actually that's a very small portion of uh, in terms of the number of people on the platform. And it's also the actual range of content is quite narrow in terms of you think of something like YouTube or, or Facebook, it's kind of anything goes, whereas for a long time, LinkedIn has been very, you know, it's professional and people keep themselves like professional and they keep their, so if I do this service or that product or whatever it is, whereas now I think where people have lost, lost interest, to be honest, in the other platforms, um, that more of that, more of the sort of anything goes, is coming onto LinkedIn and you're seeing people who are doing much more sort of interesting uh, sort of a little bit crazy sort of content or being themselves, be, you know, letting their life onto LinkedIn, not just being professional, um, doing really, really well. So yeah, there's, a, there's a basically a big, a big, big opportunity on LinkedIn at the moment. So I also heard that because LinkedIn is obviously around business that a lead from LinkedIn is financially worth more than a lead anywhere else, any other social media platforms. Do you agree with that statement? 
Well, I think like on, I suppose, yeah, in a general form, because I think a lead from LinkedIn, people aren't trying to, you're not really trying to sell products on LinkedIn. You know, that's like Instagram or Facebook ads or whatever. It's more, you're looking for relationships, mm. business relationships. So that might be a service that someone's providing or it might be an ongoing um, yeah, relationship. And so it's a bit more of long-term thing. It's not like, oh, I just want to, you know, you get a lot of these people, obviously, on LinkedIn, just they connect with you and instantly you get a message and it's just pitch, pitch, pitch straight away. And I don't, frankly, I don't think I've ever responded to one of those thousands and thousands of messages and no one else I know has. So it just doesn't work. And it's more of a long game. Um, and it's more about developing relationships. So I guess when you do develop a, a relationship in business, then that could be someone buying a service over time or many services or having a partnership so yeah i guess it, there's there's a lot more uh, it's a lot more of a high value thing obviously there's a lot of business to business that goes on there as well so in general that's that's more of a high high value kind of stuff well it's, it's like someone else said um it's it's so good because the people on there either have a job or want a job and and therefore that niches it down quite significantly from all the other platforms and I, I'd agree with that statement because, but, but there's this feeling that people are now starting to, what do they, they do? They, they Facebook scroll type thing, um, going down the news feed. And I think that's becoming more of a thing. So I would do that now rather than do it on Facebook where I'm bored. I'm just going to troll through the posts on, on LinkedIn. Whereas before I would have used, just use the, the platform to just connect and build these relationships. Would you say that's coming? There's more of that. Oh yeah, definitely. There's definitely more. Um, it's definitely more sort of passive use of it. Um, whereas, like, you know, for example, it, like you said, if you if you're scrolling on the newsfeed and you're you feel like you're more likely to find something that's going to benefit you or be positive, and that's the other thing about LinkedIn, it's way way more positive. It's like a place for positive where positivity just. Mm wins and everybody's looking to grow everybody's looking to you know do something well whereas other platform obviously instagram is kind of positive but it feels not so real it's a bit uh, disingenuous then, doesn't it it just yeah. feels a bit fake and then and then facebook you know well facebook's facebook i don't think i need to explain to anyone that the kind of stuff that <laughs> that you that feels fills your head when you scroll down there so yeah, there's definitely, I think people are looking to LinkedIn more for their content. And that's what I was saying before about having, you know, um, uh, having like this, this big gulf of, of content to be filled up by people who want to be creators because it, there's just not that many creators there. And at the moment people are scrolling and hungry for interesting stuff beyond just an announcement, I've got a new job or this or that. Mm. Okay, we're, we're going to dive into video a lot more in a sec. And But in terms of LinkedIn, I love that statement that you said about um, the idea that it's a positive place. And I just, I wonder why. Is it because people want to, they only want to trade with positive things? Or is the fact that news as a whole, unless it's about business doesn't tend to get posted on there. I, I, I just find it strange that, that it's, there's no negativity on, on that platform. And, and I know exactly what you mean, because I, I, I can't recall any negativity. Usually it's about empowerment. So someone will say something 
bad and then everyone would jump on and empower them and make them feel good about themselves um would you say that's yeah the case definitely i think in terms of why that is i think it's probably a combination of you know the the type of people who have moved who've, who've shifted that as you say who have shifted their time from spending it on another platform to spending it on linkedin the reason why they've probably shifted that time is because they're looking to grow themselves so the whether they're trying to grow their business or grow themselves personally or just trying to um you know lift themselves up um in in life in general it, so that's someone in that mindset they are trying to be positive they're making an action uh, positive sort of action already by shifting their attention from somewhere where they're seeing on a news feed that's just like bad news and people trolling each other to people you know really encouraging each other and being positive about what each other's doing and i think also there's an understanding that you know if you're on linkedin as you said you you're either, you're, you're looking for a job or you, you have a job and you're trying to improve on that or you are or you have a business and so you're in that kind of more of a growth mindset i think this is obviously a massive generalization sweeping statement but i think there's a lot more people on linkedin who are in a growth mindset so therefore they understand that you're going to grow more by being more positive and i think yeah i think that that's probably a big contributing factor that's a great answer yeah i love that yeah i'll take that um (laughs) so in terms of uh video why video why is it so important in, in, for building your brand? And we'll, we'll cover like why you should use video on LinkedIn in a, in a sec. Um, but why why video in general and across all the platforms? Well, I think, I think everybody knows, right, that if you're face to face with somebody, that's generally the best way for someone to get to know you and to hopefully like you and eventually trust you. And you know, if you can't be face to face, then the next best thing, I suppose, is a video call, right? But you can only generally be on a video call with with one person at a time. Um, or, you know, we can obviously do a webinar and be with more people at a time, but you're still, once you're not there with somebody, essentially, even now, like we're talking and we're just talking back and forth, it's still, it's still a form of video. Like I'm looking, I'm trying to make eye contact with you between the lens and, and where you actually are. So you might see my eyes flickering. Um, haven't quite tweaked my setup to be spot on yet to be your eyes in the in the <laughs> lens but um but you know it's uh, it's the next best thing right to actually be real and what we're talking about here is like i know this word authenticity like it's thrown around and genuine and stuff like that but it really is people just want reality especially this year like you want to you want to be in person you want to be able to sit down and have a real coffee with someone and so there's only a certain amount of scalability to that. You can only be one-on-one or be one-to-many if you're doing some sort of webinar. Whereas if you record a video, then yes, it's one-sided. Um, maybe we can talk about how to make it not so one-sided later, but um, it's a way to scale like yourself. It's a way to scale that reality that people crave to an infinite a number of infinity, millions of views potentially. Um, so it's just, I think it just goes back down to like humans wanting to see humans and real people. And so on video, this kind of, um, you know, that, that is a way to scale you. And so that's always going to work better than, um, than something where there's part of you hidden like text or just a photograph 
you know it's, it, people get to see more of you so um that's i think the main reason why why people on camera work well and then obviously you know not all not video all video is people talking um but it's just it's just more entertaining it's just easier to consume isn't it you know i think there's a there's a stat that's in one of my talks again i'm really bad with numbers so don't hold me on the exact number it's definitely in the 80s you know 80 or something percent of executives um surveyed from like 2000 of like high level executives even at that level still said they'd prefer to watch a video that would explain something than read it so i think people just find it easier to remember because again most of the time it's other people talking so i think that's really video is just about scaling yourself mm, it's, it's interesting because that that for me is very much why I do a podcast and I also do videos um, is because it's like an asynchronous relationship building. So we, we can uh, build relationships with people without actually having to need to meet with them and spend time with them on a daily basis. And, and therefore that can reach many more people because we only have a certain amount of hours in our days. And so we can't meet everyone and talk to them. But the other thing around video, the, the, a good thing about video for me is that you said it um, is that people it, they find it more memorable, so that's quite an important. But they also look more likely to stick around for the entire duration of the video, um, whereas the likes of an article they're not going to read, right? And they can get the same kind of information across. But I mean, it depends on the length of the video, so it depends on on you know what you're delivering and your uh your content how entertaining you are as a as a as a person but i feel that there's still a higher chance that they're going to watch the video over reading an article right and they're, they're going to consume yeah. that and way way more and yeah and i think that i mean I'd, i i i might disagree with that a little bit actually because i think that people would yes people would would choose to watch a video um, but there's still plenty of people who would read articles and look at photos and all that kind of stuff. But I think where video stands out is that there's a bunch of like intangible metrics, like uh, uh, it's, it's not quantifiable metrics behind what happens when you watch a video. So you look at, um, you know, you read an article and you can see how many people and how long someone's read it. And you can see that uh, the sort of likes or, or comments or whatever it might be but with video. Um, there's a few things that happen. Like when you see someone on video, it's even though we're so used to seeing people on screens now in video, there's still a certain element of, you could call it novelty or, um, you know, like when you see someone on stage talking, they become like a, a micro celebrity for a splits for a moment. You know, mm. the end of someone does a Ted talk, even if they're not famous and whatnot, everybody in that audience then kind of wants to ask a question or wants a little, piece in it and it's the same with video you see someone on video doing something on video then even though it's we're so used to it there's still something inside you that sort of that, that naturally holds that person on just a tiny bit higher regard obviously like obviously in, <laughs> as long as they're doing something respectful on video <laughs> not everybody on video <laughs> um, but you know there's still that feeling of like that person's then a micro celebrity just for a moment 
Um, and so I don't know if you had ever had this when you've only ever met someone on video and you've seen them a few times, mm. you've watched YouTube or whatever, and then you meet them in real life and you, you feel like you know them. Mm. Our, our mutual friend Spencer, um, you know, I, I knew Spencer for a long time, seen him on videos and speaking on calls before. When we actually did some work together in person, it was like, oh my, I can't believe we've like every, this is the first time I've even met you for mm. real. This is weird. Um, but anyway, so in video, you, you get to know someone much better than you do through a photo because that part of them is, is hidden or much better than you do for, behind an article because part of them is hidden, whereas there's a lot more on show with video. So something happens, it's, um, it's a bit more intangible and has a bigger impact beyond your likes, your clicks or whatever else. And as you said, it's much more memorable. People are far, far more likely to remember you for what you do if they've seen you on video than if they've just read an article of what you read because you can remember their face and hearing them speak so if someone's thinking oh you know i need a plumber if you've seen a plumber providing content even if you've never you know taken one of the plumber's tips or listened to him for a second but if you've just seen a plumber over and over again of someone on video you're just going to think of that that person mm. so um yeah there's also one one more thing i wanted to add about confidence because we've mentioned about confidence how important i think that is when again there's still that element of when someone puts themselves on video they seem more confident even if in on the video they feel they seem a bit sheepish and they're not, they're not that confident on camera but just having the the guts to be on video takes a lot and i think people have a mutual respect for that and actually when people are looking for services or looking for a partnership or anything like that looking to do business people actually pay for confidence and certainty they don't necessarily pay for someone who's got the best stats they pay for they pay for they they would rather be a part of and work with someone who is confident in what they're doing and so when you put yourself out there on video you give off more confidence so i think there's something there around recommendations almost i think there's a you know so if if, if someone recommends you in, for a service almost like a video is becoming, I think, like you're recommending yourself to other people. I think that the, the, the psycho element to it, I think is very similar, I would say, because you, you're becoming a friend to them. So therefore you're recommending yourself to them. Whereas like a friend would recommend you and your service. And again, I think that's very similar and you're, they're, they're recommending you. And I think there's a, there's an element of, of the two there. Would you say that's that's the case? Definitely familiarity. Um, that's the word. It's it's if you, as you say, if, if you recommend someone to me, then I just go, oh, you know, well, you trust them and you know them, so I, I know I know you, so you know, I've, I've already got a, a massive amount of trust there. Whereas if you already feel like you know somebody, then that's who you're going to think of, and that's who you're going to you're going to trust a bit more inherently because the person you know nothing about even though it might say a lot on the website in, in words or whatever, it's kind of unfounded where you feel like you really know someone's when you've seen them and you've heard them and you've resonated in some way. So yeah, it's like that. It's like that same feeling of that recommendation because there's familiarity. So you feel more comfortable in making that choice to pull up that person or, uh, or engage with them in, in a conversation. Okay. All right. I love that. And so in terms of, using video to maximize your personal brand on LinkedIn, which is the topic of this video. 
how do we do this? How, how do we maximize our, our time uh, of our, our personal brand and on LinkedIn? Well, I think the first thing is I try to tell my clients like not to, it's not about spending more time. It's about spending the same amount of time but doing things differently. So I think one of the biggest barriers is people, oh, I haven't got time to make video. It's like, so one of the first questions I ask people is, you know, how much, if you're really honest, how much time do you already spend on LinkedIn scrolling, as you say, or just kind of dotting about, you know, is that 10 minutes a day, half an hour a day, and then times that by five. So how much do you time do you spend in a week on LinkedIn already? And what are you actually gaining from it? You might be getting some, you might be getting, consuming some good content, but most of the time, if you're really honest with yourself, you're spending it just scrolling or looking and not really having an aim as to what you're doing. Whereas if you swap that passive time for active time creating, if you switch your mind into just consuming, into creating, and even if that creating is leaving a comment and just being seen in the newsfeed somewhere, somehow, then that is already that one switch. If you can re reframe what you're doing to be active rather than passive, it's going to start making a huge, huge difference for your personal brand on LinkedIn. And when it comes to video, it's um, not necessarily, uh, people ask this question, say, well, what's better quality or, or quantity? And I think that actually you need quantity to find the quality. You need quantity to practice, not only to become a creator and to, to, have, to be able to speak freely and create content more easily, but also to see what works. So what I would say is, people was to is to think about rather than oh, I've got to post a video on LinkedIn and it's got to be good and I hope it gets you know engagement or whatever it's like just switch your mind into test mode everything's a test for as for as long as you the more you test the more data you'll get and the more you'll learn and then eventually you'll be able to not post quantity and you'll be able to hone in on the quality that you people respond to or that you find easy to make so yeah I would say swap swap passive time for active time and focus on consistency but not consistency in terms of you know your videos all looking the same and that kind of stuff but consistency in the amount that you post so if you feel like you're capable of posting once a week just keep posting once a week if you feel like once a day then keep posting once a day don't necessarily go oh, i'm gonna post loads of content post five days in a week and then don't post anything for, for a couple of months is about just showing up and so when it specifically more on video what I help people to do is to change this way of thinking that video is hard and, and difficult to create and takes ages and we try and you know create videos in minutes rather than hours and you know if you if you can plan a video in five minutes if you can try if you're trying to make a one minute video for linkedin which is the kind of amount of time i'd recommend and it takes you 10 takes still only 10 minutes to film and then takes you five minutes to just chop the ends off and edit it very simply then that's 20 minutes of video and if you if you commit to you know doing a, a half a day of making videos then you can potentially make like 12 videos in half a day just back to back to back um and that's like once a week for what like three months so it's like a quarter of a year's video content if you're posting once a week one video per week in, in a day or, or less than a day. So it's about thinking about really being quite, um, 
quite tight with your time and just being quite uh, quite ruthless. And LinkedIn doesn't respond well to highly glossy, beautiful videos like like YouTube does. It, it, people respond well more to just people being honest, speaking. So a lot of the time, that's what you need. Okay. And in terms of the other hacks around LinkedIn in terms of, so we're creating videos, we're posting them, you know, what do you post? When do you post it? And, and almost like, how do you post it? how do you get that out there? So I think what, biggest, when and how, what, when and how. Okay. So what the biggest thing with what is, is the clarity. So again, going back to confidence, if you're clear about something, you have far more confident, you're far more confident in saying it. And, if you know what you're actually doing, because one of the, the biggest stumbling blocks is people, well, I don't know what to say. So what you've really got to think about is ask yourself. You've got to ask yourself, and I always try and tell people three things, pick out three things. Um, ask yourself, what do people, when I say people, I mean your ideal audience, your audience members in on LinkedIn or your network, what do those people need to know in order for them to really want to work with you? Or to follow you or just be be a bit closer to you what are those what do people need to know about you so you know for me um people need to know that i make sure that i give my clients good results that i help my clients to get really good results i feel like they need to know that i'm value driven so i you know i hold my i post a lot on, on linkedin about my family because that is they're the biggest thing in my life um and that that drives me and, and the confidence thing, what we spoke about earlier drives me. And also that um, I'm, I'm, you know, I think I'm fun. I think I'm quite interesting to work with. I've uh, got some stories and, and have a bit of banter when once we get going. Um, so I feel like those three things is what I feel like people need to know about me. They need to know that I get good results from my clients. They need to know that I'm driven by my values and they need to know that I'm fun and interesting. And so from that, I can start to um, start to sort of hone in on what type of things then I I talk about. So um, you need to ask yourself, what do people need to know about you in order for them to want to work with you? And then you get if you get you try and get down to three answers, and then from those answers you can then go, okay, well I need to people need to know I get clients good results. So what can I show them to prove that to demonstrate that? What can I show them? I can show them videos that clients have made. I can show them, I can tell them stories about clients who've done well. Um, or, you know, if I'm, I'm, I wanna show them I'm value driven. So how do I show them that? Well, I tell them about, you know, fun, interesting things that have happened with my family and my son and um, show them little funny videos that I've made with my son. And people can just, I'm not there saying, hi, I'm a good dad. I'm just saying, oh, this is the kind of stuff I do because this, this is what's important to me. So, yeah, it's asking yourself, what do people need to know about you in order for them to want to work for you? And then take those three top three answers and then it starts to target down on the kind of what, what do you need to show people? What kind of content can you put out there? That's the biggest thing, I think. And then when would you post that content? When do you think is the most? Because that's a big question I always ask myself. When, when should I post this? Do video, different videos have different times that I should post? And can I maximize? Cause I'm constantly thinking I need to get my reach out there as much as possible. How do I maximize that? I'd say instead of, I mean, there's definitely some times when it's, 
when you know not to post um i think that the best times to for me personally i've found that if i miss if i don't post before 9 a.m then then that tends to i feel like i'm a bit too late and this all only comes from testing and and, and the type of audience that you that you are i feel like most of the people who are my audience i have a lot of audience who are business owners and things like that and i think that if they're going on linkedin they're they're probably busier than than the average person if they're a business owner owner so they're probably getting linkedin a little bit in before they start and maybe towards right towards the end of the day or maybe a little blast at lunchtime so i'm aiming to post to catch that wave of those types of people and that's just an assumption and it's also something i've tested over time um and so it's for you, for people to really test and think about who are, who is their audience, you know. So if, if their audience is you know, fitness instructors, then fitness instructors are probably doing their boot camps in the mornings. This is just an assumption, but you, I don't know when, uh, I'm not really fit, so I wouldn't have any idea where people <laughs> do boot camps. But, you know, it, it's thinking about your audience and when is a logical time that you would, that you would find them to post. And the other thing is just ask, do a poll. Um, you answered my poll a little while back and I said, when do people post? And I've done that poll a few times. And each time you get a little bit clearer on when, when your audience, so just ask, people love to answer. And that kind of takes me to other point about, you said, what did you say? What, what when, when and how? how. Hmm. Yeah, so it's, I'd say the how is something I teach my clients is something called ADA, A-D-A. And it's um, attention, demonstration, action. So first you need to get people's attention. Then you need to demonstrate whatever it is. So going back to what we said, what do you need to show people in order for them to want to work with you? So you're demonstrating with the bulk of it, whether that's demonstrating your expertise or your values, whatever it is. And then action. You need to inspire some sort of action because it's the action, it's the commenting, it's the conversation that then spreads your content further. So what that looks like is the action is like the hook. You'll notice on LinkedIn, or maybe you don't notice, but now I'm saying it, you might notice that many, many LinkedIn posts, those who are from people who are doing well and have got a big brand, they'll start every post with like a headline, tension grabbing, hooky headline. And that is part of the A part, the attention. You have to grab attention or you have to have a thumbnail or something interesting in the visual or some way, a smiling face to just stop people scrolling. Because remember, everyone's still scrolling on that newsfeed. So you have to get attention. Then it's the demonstration. So you're whatever the value is. And then you have to give people a way to, to agree with you to that positivity we were talking about earlier. You have to give people a way to be positive. And people love to do it. And people also know that if they comment, people are going to see them commenting. And it's kind of a big win-win uh, situation, you know. So you've got to give people the opportunity, make it really easy for people to take some sort of action, whether that's continue the conversation, agree with you, disagree with you. You've got to open that up to the floor. It's like, imagine you're at a party and or a networking event, whatever, and you, you're kind of having a conversation the person that just kind of says something about themselves and then stops and doesn't open it up or give anyone any chance to have a conversation. It's just like, they're kind of probably before too long going to get ignored. Whereas the person who starts an interesting conversation, well, this happened to me. Has that ever happened to you? Or what do you think of this? That's when conversations start to flow. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for conversation. You're looking to start conversations because that's what will get your content uh, pushed out further. And actually 
you'll bring more value to people because it's more interesting, more fun than just hearing someone talk about themselves. So yeah, remember that ADA, attention, demonstration, action. And if you can try and weave that into your posts and your videos, then that's going to really help. You're going to remember that definitely. Um, and you've already given me advice on LinkedIn. I've seen you commenting on mine saying you need to make this a bit more hooky or, or, or whatever. So uh, appreciate that. So let's, let's get these quick wins. You've probably uh, discussed a lot of them already um, throughout the, the, the podcast, but in terms of condensing that down into three, your top three, you know, LinkedIn video quick wins, what would those be? I'd say keep it short. So people are scrolling. They just want to see something quick and easy to consume. Um, so keep it short. Keep it, I'd say, under a minute if you can. And if you need to deep dive into a further thing, then you can say, oh, if you want any more info, uh, you know, drop me a comment and I'll send you a, a longer piece of content or a free thing or whatever it is. So keep it short. Um, make sure you have... Yeah, so a headline and subtitles work really well on LinkedIn. And I mean a physical one that you can see. Um, and I'm sure if you've got, if you're doing what you do, you've, you've got, you use that on, on, on some of these videos. Um, you know, you put, you put a headline. So when someone's scrolling, they can see, okay, that's what I'm going to get from this video. So without watching a minute of video, they can in a split second, a couple of seconds go, oh, if I watch this video, I'm going to get a tip on how to make videos better on LinkedIn. So someone's that's going to make someone stop. Um, so he headline and subtitles as well, because a lot of people uh, watch with, their, with the sound off. Um, so I'd, I'd say that's one quick win is headline uh, and, and subtitles. Uh, and then the last one is, is make it about the viewer. Don't make it about you. You can use stories about yourself and use yourself as an example or a vehicle for what you're saying. Um, but actually you need to make every piece of content valuable to another person and i don't mean it has to be something super helpful it just has to be you're doing it for them because as soon as you're doing it for you it becomes more of a sales message and it becomes more uh not as easy to to, to watch and people just don't don't want to be sold to basically so if, you, if you're going out to help people then your content's going to go much further yeah, it's that, that feeling of being sold to just immediately turns people off and they uh, they won't come back and try and get more help from you. So yeah, I completely agree with that one. And so if people want to learn more about, about creating LinkedIn videos, what resources are available for them to go and find out some more information about this? Well, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> I'm going to sell to you. No, I'm not really. Um, um so there's a few people one one of the things i would say the biggest things is you can see everybody's strategy on linkedin there's no secrets like you can go to if you see a great piece of content in your newsfeed that you get something from then click on that person's profile go to their activity if you scroll down on their profile you can go to activity and you can click their activity then you can go to posts and you can see all the posts they've done in the past however long keep scrolling and you can look at their posts and go, what are they doing oh they've done a video or oh, they've done a poll and you can really learn from that and you, you can look at people who might be not your competitors but people who you look up to in your industry or in your niche or whatever it is and go who's doing really well in that space look at what they're doing and you know it's it's there for you to see it's not i wouldn't say copy be inspired and you know if it works for them it might work for you so um 
I'd say LinkedIn itself is the best place to learn. Just watch other people, find your inspirations, find, follow. If you're still not in a place where you're creating content yet and you're not, you're not in a place where you're, you know, building your network of all your target audience yet. Um, build, follow, actively follow people who you know are going to inspire your content and learn from them and see what they're doing and just keep an eye on it and just try to try to emulate and use it as inspiration. Um, yeah, I'd say that's the biggest thing, really. Again, so how can people connect with you if they have questions or they want to find out more about this? Well, the obvious place is LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Kim Slade on LinkedIn. And um, I've got a, at the moment, I've got an orange background to my photo, which some people have said looks intense. Maybe that's what I'm going for. Don't know. Um, so, yeah, Kim Slade on LinkedIn. Um, you can also go to my website as well, which for my uh, video company, which is touchvideoacademy.com. Uh, and you can find out more information there. But I would say, if, if anybody, as another resource, actually, um, if any, I've if anybody wants like um, a little kit guide as to what bits and bobs to use for, for filming on your phone, uh, drop me a message on LinkedIn, like connect with me. I think my, my button on there is follow at the moment, but if you go to more, uh, you can actually connect with me and drop me a note. And if you do, then I'll, I'll send you a kit guide to help you with, um, with your, with bits and bobs that will help you improve your video. Amazing. Thanks for that, Kim. Really appreciate you coming on this podcast. Good mate. Thanks for having me. I've learned a lot in this episode. It was jam-packed full of useful information, but what did you think of Kim's quick wins? Quick win number one, keep your video short, ideally under a minute. Quick win number two, use baked in headline and subtitles on your video. Quick win number three, make the video about the viewer and ensure you provide value to the audience. So what was your favorite bit of the show? You can tell me on Clubhouse, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, where you can find me without Hair Digital. Remember, there are several other podcasts available to listen to, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And whilst you're there, I'll be so grateful if you could subscribe and write a review. But until next time, I'm your Quick Win CEO, signing out.